0: Namaste and welcome to the River of Wisdom podcast. A podcast that brings to you the ancient Vedic tradition which reveals that you are pure being having a human experience. I'm your guide by the side, Swamini P. Let us flow you and I on the banks of the River of Wisdom. Anybody practicing meditation, yoga and worship or following the teachings of oneness owes the knowledge being received to sage Veda Vyasa. More than 3000 years ago there was a situation where different mantras had been received by different rishis, seers. These were mantra drishtaha, seers of the mantras which are sacred sounds and teachings received directly from Ishvara, To be available for the benefit of all of humanity, these mantras needed to be organized and codified. It is Veda Vyasa who codified this revealed knowledge of Ishvara, into the four Vedas through an elaborate 12-year project Involving many other sages and pandits. Generations of sages and teachers who have preserved this oral tradition of teaching in India and now the world have passed on this knowledge all the way to this day. Besides codifying the Vedas, Veda Vyasa wrote the Mahabharata, which includes the sacred teaching of the Bhagavad Gita. 18 Puranas and the Brahma Sutras. Every year in July, the full moon day in the Hindu month of Ashad, a special day celebrates the birthday of the sage Veda Vyasa. Bhagavan Veda Vyasa is symbolic of the Guru Shishya Parampara, the teacher-student tradition. Although the word Guru is now used colloquially, love guru, management guru, IT guru and so on. In Sanskrit, the word guru is split into two smaller words to reveal the meaning. Gu stands for darkness or ignorance and Ru stands for light of knowledge which eliminates ignorance. So a true guru is the one who drives away the student's ignorance by imparting knowledge. Ignorance About what? Ignorance about oneself. Anything and everything that we enjoy about Sanatana Dharma today, be it our festivals, our devatas, our varied different practices, yoga, meditations, our core values, and the idea that all is sacred, each and everything can be traced to Bhagavan Veda Vyasa's efforts. It is therefore not without reason that India and its people, year after year, age after age, honour and celebrate anew the Guru. We show adoration and respect to him or her again and again and thereby reaffirm our commitment to the knowledge that liberates. It is a day of gratitude, reverence for the entire lineage of Gurus and Shishyas who became Gurus who have ever so generously passed on the knowledge with grace, love and wisdom. The relationship with a Guru is unlike any other relationship that you can possibly have. And I find that there are four groups of people in the spiritual world. First group of people that have a Guru and swear by him or her. Second group of people who had a Guru but because of an unpleasant experience have sworn off all Gurus third group who does not have a guru and is groping in the dark and the fourth group who could not care less about any spiritual pursuit. In my earlier years I belonged to the fourth group who could not care less. Then I moved to the third group who did not have a guru and was experimenting with psychology, Buddhism and alternative therapies. With much blessing and reason I moved to the first group of people that had a guru and have never looked back. Having seen my own spiritual journey, the journey of my gurus and their gurus, and reading about the life of great gurus in the past, I can confidently assert that you cannot make spiritual progress without a guru. I am not cursing you, okay? My wish is... For more people to discover the joy of relating to a Guru and more people to be blessed with self-knowledge because the suffering that we go through is so unnecessary. And so, as we celebrate the day of Guru Purnima today, I want to share 7 reasons that we resist a Guru. Might very well be the same reasons we need a Guru. Reason 1. The fundamental human problem is not understood. The ancient masters tell us that the reason we experience sorrow is not because we have psychological problems. The human problem and the experience of self-dissatisfaction and of feeling I am not good enough is based on the conclusion that I am a limited being limited to the mind and body. The limitations of the mind and body are quote-unquote our limitations and hence the long-drawn struggle to overcome limitations through our many feel-good pursuits. The masters tell us that the fundamental human problem is born of ignorance, of that spiritual being taking himself or herself to be limited or finite. Knowledge of oneself is the solution, but then another wall of resistance comes up as the next reason. Reason 2. Illusion of I can figure out anything phenomenon. Access to information at the click of a button has fostered the illusion of I can figure out anything. While much of it is empowering, in matters of spirituality this paradigm does not work. In the ancient Indian scriptures we are instructed ...to seek refuge in a bona fide spiritual master. But we don't care. We want things on our own terms, when we want and how we want. I have met several people who voraciously read books on spirituality... ...but gained more confusion and less clarity... ...and unfortunately have sworn off anything to do with spirituality. Some insights are possible, of course... But to put the pieces of the puzzle together, one needs the vision of the reality of oneness, details of that vision of non-duality, and the ability to resolve apparent contradictions. Reason 3. Misunderstanding of the phrase, If you meet Buddha on the road, kill him. There are pop psychology books that actually say this. Buddha is a Sanskrit word that means the one who is enlightened. This dramatic phrase, if you meet Buddha on the road, kill him, means that you do not use the teacher as a crutch for life. What it also means is that do not put the wise one on a pedestal and in the name of respect, deny your own Buddhahood. In a cult, The person becomes superior to the teaching, whereas in tradition, the teaching is superior to the person. A guru who creates a cult has failed. He or she should never allow that to happen. Kill the Buddha does not mean that the Buddha is wrong or has done you some wrong. It means that you first meet Buddha, see the mirror that Buddha offers, discover your own Buddhahood, then... The relationship of the teacher and the student is for old time's sake. Where the student was, the teacher has now appeared because you have owned up your true nature. But this presentation is very good fodder for the ego because it is one more reason to fortify my sense of significance through individuality. Reason 4. The idea that the world is my guru. Some people say that the whole life or this entire world is a university and every experience is a guru. Some of them give the example of Avadhoota Gita in which the person had 24 gurus where he learns from nature and its many creatures. But the problem is what you learn from the world depends upon your state of mind. And you can learn anything from the same experience. Different people learn different things also from the same experience. A helpful friend was trying to offer experiential learning to his friend who was alcoholic. To demonstrate the effects of alcohol, this helpful friend took a bowl of worms and poured some alcohol onto them and declared, See, even the worms have died. Can you see what you are doing to yourself? The alcoholic laughed knowingly and said, You just proved my point. The reason I drink alcohol is that all the worms in my stomach must die. It is important to see our own subjectivity involved when we say the world is my guru. Sure, there is a lot you can learn, in fact must learn. But self-knowledge has a tried and tested, proven method of a systematic way of passing on the knowledge. And it is sheer arrogance of ignorance that makes us resist a guru. Reason 5. Inability to trust. By the time one is an adult, the capacity to trust has diminished. A genuine guru-student relationship requires basic trust and understanding of the following. A. The teacher knows the truth because he or she had a guru who also had a guru and so on. B. The guru is committed to the student's self-growth and self-discovery. C. A traditional guru encourages questions and does not expect blind belief. D. Teaching of the absolute reality is not a belief because a belief is subject to verification. Teaching is not a result of introspection, nor inference, nor a technique. E. A teacher-student relationship is much like the therapist-client relationship involving much validation, handling of transference, but more importantly working through one's issues which prevent one from seeing the truth of oneself. Most Vedanta texts are in the form of illuminating dialogues between the one who knows and the one who wants to know. A traditional guru does not expect subservience and does not seek to dominate the student. If you find a guru trying to do this, run. Reason 6. A buffet approach to spirituality The individualistic disposition of customized, made-to-order everything from food to clothes to educational programs has led us to have a pick-and-choose approach to everything, only intensifying our likes and dislikes. The sages say that this colors our thinking contributing to our subjectivity and us having a selective vision. We do not see reality for what it is. The guru may objectively think that certain spiritual practices are helpful for our growth. Enough reason may be offered, but we cannot look beyond our binding likes and dislikes. This is much like the silkworm that loves the security and conditioning of its own cocoon and does not want to come out even after it has grown Losing out in the process. Reason 7 Misunderstanding of Surrender. Many New Age books talk about surrender. Surrender really means giving up one's fears, suspending one's notions that are not reality based, and being receptive to examine one's life in the light of clear vision. The sun lights up everything, what was not seen and banged against in darkness is seen clearly. The vision of Advaita Vedanta is that we are complete and free as we are. Hence, surrender or giving up really means old conditionings that limit one's perception of oneself which cause struggle and sorrow. The scriptures clearly state that only the one who has a guru can be enlightened. There is a lot of new-agey spirituality out there that talks about finding the Guru within. This comes from our fear of vulnerability. But as Chogyam Trimpa, the Tibetan master, rightly said, vulnerability is at the heart of being a spiritual warrior. So where does that leave some of us if you don't have a Guru? The first step is to discover the student in us. That requires being okay with one sense of vulnerability and a humble recognition that I do not know it all. Only when the student, the one who wants to know, is truly ready, the guru appears. If the fundamental human problem is understood, the student can be ready. Even to find the guru within, one has to necessarily find the guru outside, till such a time that the teachings are well assimilated. After a time, the student disappears and in her place the teacher appears and the teaching goes on, generation after generation, student after student. In the Buddhist tradition, the stories of Milarepa, chogyamtrampa inspiringly point to their unwavering commitment to know despite their vulnerabilities, struggles and severe austerities while receiving teachings from gurus in India. Luckily, we do not face these kind of struggles. But our struggles are different. If one has not sought a guru, then it is worth looking into what one is resisting, if at all. And we've just looked at seven possible reasons earlier. When we worship the Guru on Guru Purnima Day, we do not just worship our Guru alone, but we show respect to the entire Guru Parampara. My Guru is a Guru only because of his Guru who is a Guru, because of his Guru and Adi Guru being the Lord himself. On this wonderful day, my prayers that we may live and live up to an ancient tradition of reverence that shows respect for the knowledge and hence Prayers that we may continue to be blessed As we bless ourselves through the choices we make You matter Your life matters What you do with your life matters Thanks for listening If you found this episode helpful And you think it might benefit someone I do hope you will consider sharing it For any question you might have Please write to me at swaminiji at discoveratma.com That's S-W-A-M-I-N-I-J-I at D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-A-T-M-A dot com and I will respond. To connect with the Vedic tradition or deepen your existing connection with it, you can visit our YouTube channel Discover Atma, which is one word, or our website discoveratma.com Thanks for listening.